Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for I want to show you a tweet from a famous theologian named Mr. T. I believe the T stands for theology or theologian. No, it doesn't. It's the actual Mr. T. You know, the one on the A-team in the 1980s, the tough guy. I want you to read what he tweeted. There had to be a crucifixion in order for there to be a resurrection. Thank you, Jesus, for dying in our place. While we were yet in sin, you loved us enough to die for us. And friends, that is true. In order for there to be a resurrection, there had to be a death first. A crucifixion had to happen first. So I've got this roll bar on my pickup truck that I've had for decades. Me and my dad made it. We made it out of pipe and we welded it together. And the the roll bar goes over the top of the cab of the truck and I mount all my antennas on it because I'm a ham radio operator. But this roll bar... Uh, after so many years, it gets pretty rusty and you've got to put a fresh coat of paint on it. But you don't just spray paint it. You first have to get a wire wheel and you have to buzz all the rust off of it. You have to grind the rust, all the corrosion off of the pipe or else it's not going to take a fresh coat of paint. Now, one thing about this, it takes longer to grind off the rust than it does to repaint it, but you have to do it if you want the paint to stick, if you want the paint to apply. Well, today I'm going to apply a fresh coat of paint to you in the resurrection message. But first, I have to spend probably more time grinding off the old rust of tradition. I've got to get that off of you first, or the paint is not going to t- it's not going to stick. It's going to take a little time to grind that old tradition off. But that's because I want the resurrection message to stick. I want it to apply. So I'm going to start grinding rust right now. Today, most Gentiles are saying Happy Easter. I will say Happy Resurrection Day, or more appropriately, Hag Pesach Sameach, which means in Hebrew, Happy Passover Holiday. Now, I talked about that last time on Set for Life. We talked about the Passover story. So this one is going to be kind of a part two to that story, where the Lord told them to keep the Passover. Exodus 12 and 26, and it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? That you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. God does not want us to forget the Passover. He doesn't want us to forget that he saves his people. Now, Jesus himself, our Savior, it says in John 2, 13, Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Friends, if Jesus attended Passover, then I want to attend Passover too. But there is a new tradition that has come up since then, 
and it has tried to intrude into the very same week as Passover to try to replace it, to keep us from remembering what God wanted us to keep, the Passover, to make us forget about the Passover. If you look at your calendar, you will see that there's a there's two holidays. There's Passover, which is the biblical one that we were talked about last time. There's also another holiday. It's another holiday called Easter. Now, I am not downplaying the resurrection. Before any of you turn this off and say, I'm not listening anymore, I'm not downplaying the resurrection at all, but this thing called Easter is rather troubling simply because Gentiles, Gentile believers have forgotten to keep the Passover service. Well, Ray, that was for the Jews. Yes, it was. But God said that the foreigner, the alien, which would be us, me as a Gentile, that we can partake of Passover as well. And he wants us to keep that. But the fact that this other holiday has come in, that's troubling to me, specifically because of Isaiah 42, verse 8. It says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Friends, God is not going to share his glory or his praise with anything else that we devise. To illustrate this, I want you to see what happened in Exodus 32, verse 2. And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then he said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. A feast to the Lord. Okay, how could Aaron make a golden calf and somehow declare that to be a feast to the Lord. Is that not crazy? Here's this golden calf, and but it's for the Lord. How is a calf for the Lord? That's my question, okay? I want you to hold that for a second. I'm going to grind a little more rust off of you. I want you to think of something else. How could we make Easter bunnies and eggs and somehow make that as a celebration to the Lord also? You see how easy it was to point at Aaron and go, oh, that's crazy, that's nuts, but what about us? Do you see the problem here? If it was wrong for Aaron, it's wrong for us today to bring something in that has nothing to do with the Lord and try to say, but this is for him. We can't do that. God will not share his glory. Also, in 1 Kings 12, King Jeroboam, he did not want God's people to go and worship the Lord in Jerusalem. And so he devised new holidays, and he specifically timed them to coincide at the same time as the Lord's holidays in order to replace them. 1 Kings 12.32 says, Jeroboam ordained a feast on the 15th day of the eighth month, like the feast that was in Judah. Wouldn't you know it that at this particular feast, he used golden calves again to initiate this holiday. So, you know, here we go again. Golden calves again. Why calves? They were the ancient Egyptian symbol of fertility and life. And this became known as the sin of Jeroboam when he created a new holiday timed to happen at the same time as the one in Jerusalem to distract people away from worshiping God the way he wanted to be worshipped. It became known as the sin of Jeroboam. 
Today, we have this new holiday. It's called Easter, and it has been timed to occur at exactly the same time as Passover. Now, we read that God wants us to keep the Passover. He said so. So why does this other one come in? Has it occurred to you that the very reason why most Gentiles don't know what Passover is is because something else took over? Something else tried to take its place and take up wild guess at what bunnies and eggs represent. They represent fertility, the same thing as the Egyptian calves do. Friends, if it was wrong for Jeroboam to use symbols of fertility to replace God's holidays, then it's wrong for us to use symbols of fertility to replace the Passover. Okay, once something becomes a tradition, it's very hard to grind off because people want to keep it. They don't want to let go of their traditions. Well, we've always done this. Mom and dad always did it. Grandparents, we always we've always done this in our family, right? It's a tradition. It's it's it, it, we do this. It's very hard to let go of traditions. That's the rust I'm trying to grind off today. Jesus said in Mark 7:13, this ought to get you. He said, You make the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down. Friends, God wants his people to hand down Passover as a Passover tradition, not calves, not bunnies and eggs. He's not going to share his glory or his praise. He told us to pass it down to your children. Make a tradition out of it. Tradition can be good. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, for indeed Christ, our Passover was sacrificed for us. Friends, Jesus is our Passover lamb. He is not our Passover bunny. He is not our Passover calf. He's not a Passover egg. He is the Passover lamb, the lamb of God. I am grinding rust here. I'm grinding hard because we have to do things God's way. I don't want to be guilty of sharing his glory and praise with anything else. I want to be accountable. I am accountable to directly making sure that anybody that hears me understands that God has a way he wants to be worshipped. And if your tradition is in the way, Jesus says, it makes it the word of God of no effect to you. It nullifies the word of God to you. I don't want God's word nullified to me. So stick with me here, okay, as we go through this. Now, you may be thinking, but Ray, Easter is about Jesus' resurrection. Let me give you the best, most simplified answer I can give to that. No, it's not. I mean, it, plainly speaking, it's not. Remember, Aaron said, this calf is a festival to the Lord. The, the, the calf, it's about the Lord. And if you read the rest of that story there, the Lord commanded the Levites to kill 3,000 people who refused to repent of that calf. 3,000 people went down. That's why the Levites were chosen to be priests because they were the only tribe that would step up to do this action, to kill the people that would not repent. That's where the Levite priest line started at. Okay, but they would not repent of it, and God took it very seriously. Friends, we are not allowed to devise anything of our own imagination to add into what God has already established. Exodus 20 and 25. If you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stone, for if you use your tool on it, you have profaned it. 
friends, if it was left up to man's own religious imagination, then when people were going to go build an altar out of rocks, they would take these rocks and get a, a, a chisel and a hammer, and they would chisel out stars and moons and animals and who knows what, all these religious shapes. God ordered that that altar was to be pure, absolutely pure. Whatever the stones you find as you go to build an altar, you take those stones as you found them. You find a stone in the river. You find one in the forest, whatever. You take it as it is. Don't carve anything into it. Don't shape it. Don't cut it into shapes to try to inject your own bias into it. Don't inject your own religious slant to it, or else you will profane it. You'll taint the whole thing. You'll dirty it up. It becomes polluted. Keep it pure. Do not replace God's things with other things that you add. Don't do it to the altar. Don't do it with his holidays. Do not invent new things that God never established and then try to say, oh, but it's about the Lord. Don't put a shaped rock at the altar of the Lord. Don't put a shaped holiday in with Passover or Feast of Tabernacles, or Trumpets, or whatever other holidays that God said. There's a lot of holidays that God said that most of my Gentile friends don't even know about. It's what pains me. I want my Gentile friends along with me to know the, the holidays that God set up for us to do. Don't do new holidays. Friends, you know, knowing this truth about this, that we can't profane our worship, should cause you to rethink all these other holidays that we do. They make God upset. Again, if you look on your calendar, you're going to see that right now is Passover, but there's also another holiday called Easter that has been conveniently timed to coincide at exactly the same time as Passover, just like what Jeroboam did in 1 Kings 12. And the reason that it's there is to try to get us to forget the Passover, the purity of the Lamb, and to profane our worship with God. I'm not going to do it. You decide what you're going to do. I'm not going to do it. Those of you that are still with me, let's keep going. Let's grind off some more rust. I want to show you my responsibility in this matter. Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to grind off the rust. I'm trying to grind off that old tradition before I apply a fresh coat of paint of resurrection. We need, oh, we want that resurrection. We need to understand it, yes, but it's not going to stick. It's not going to apply to you if I don't grind the rust off first. Got to get all that corrosion out of there first, all that bad tradition that nullifies the word of God to you, because I want the resurrection message to stick. I want it to become your new tradition. Now, I'm going to show you, I showed it last time, but I'm going to show it again, Acts 12, 4. I want to show you the same verse from two different versions of the Bible. First, the King James says, And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, this is Acts 12.4 from the New King James Version. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Look at these. One says Easter, one says Passover. Okay, one of them is obviously wrong. Well, how do you know which one is wrong? 
If you go to blueletterbible.org, it tells us the original language, the original writing, what they originally meant when they wrote it. It tells us that this word, we're Easter and Passover contending for the same space, that word is Pascha in the Greek. In the, in the Hebrew, it's Pesach, Pesach, which is the word for Passover. The reason that the word Easter got put in there in that King James is there was somebody on the panel there that hated the Jewishness of the Messiah, the Jewishness of our Passover lamb so much that they chiseled their own religious bias. They, they carved out their own stone and they tried to replace the Passover to try to steal glory and worship away from, the, from Father God. They have profaned this holiday. They have profaned and interfered with your worship of God, which nullifies the word of God to you because of the tradition that's been passed down to you. How many of you feel like you've been duped, like you've been fooled? Okay, well, now that you know, you can do something about it. You know what's funny is even while I was studying for this message, and I've taught on it many times, but I I was restudying again, and uh, while I was actually studying right here, A friend of mine texted me. He said, Ray, me and my wife were trying to figure out what do bunnies and eggs have to do with the resurrection? Friends, people are starting to ask questions. And these weren't Jewish friends of mine. They were Gentiles. They were Gentiles trying to figure out what's it got to do with it. I am here to expose the truth. And I go by a vision statement that says we want to make authentic disciples of Messiah Jesus. Authentic. You want to be authentic. You got to do things the way he told you to do it. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 8, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me, teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men. Friends, Easter is not a doctrine. Easter is a commandment of men. Some man somewhere changed that Easter, uh, that Passover word, Pesach, changed it to Easter, and he shouldn't have done that. Passover is a commandment of God. There's a whole Passover story in Exodus. God said, you shall keep the Passover. Well, Ray, what's wrong with Easter? Okay, to my Gentile friends, you're still not buying it yet. How come you're not keeping the Passover? The Lord God said, keep the Passover. That was for the Jews, right? Yeah, he said the, the, the alien too, if they want to, which is, which is the Gentiles. Why are you not keeping the Passover? That's the real problem. Something got in there to distract. So now maybe you're wanting to know where did Easter actually come from? Easter came from the Babylonian goddess known as Ishtar. And I don't want you to forget this, that it was the Babylonians. They were the ones that took the Israelites captive for a long time. Okay, so that right there ought to be a huge flag for you. Red flag, Ishtar, the Babylonian goddess. And she was the goddess of, take a, take a wild guess, of fertility, supposedly. Ishtar had, had to spend a season of time down in the underworld, and that's when winter was supposed to happen, when all the plants and the vegetation died. But when the Babylonians saw the first fruits of the spring start to produce again, their crops came back alive in the springtime when all the plants start shooting up and everything. They figured that was because Ishtar came back up from the underworld. According to them, they believed that the fertility of Ishtar raised life up from the dead. 
uh-oh, you want to talk about resurrection? We're going to get into resurrections discussion right here, I'm telling you. That's another red flag. Ishtar does not raise anything from the dead because Ishtar doesn't even exist. And so I want to show you where Ishtar is mentioned in the Bible. <laughs> I know some of you were thinking, well, Ray, you're just concocting this. No, this is biblical. In the Bible, Ishtar was known as the Queen of Heaven, and many Jews worshipped her. And so God sent Jeremiah to call the Jews back to himself in Jeremiah 7.18. The children gather wood, the fathers kindle the fire, and the women knead dough to make cakes for the Queen of Heaven. And they pour out drink offerings to other gods that they may provoke me to anger. So, friends, why were the Israelites sacrificing to the queen of heaven, Ishtar? If it made God mad, why would they do this? What was their reason for sacrificing offerings to Ishtar? We find out why they did this and how they reject Jeremiah's call to repentance in Jeremiah 44. As for the word that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we will not listen to you, but we will certainly do whatever has gone out of our own mouth to burn incense to the queen of heaven and pour out drink offerings to her. As we have done, we and our fathers, our kings and our princes in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For when we had plenty of food, we were well off and saw no trouble. But since we stopped burning incense to the queen of heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have lacked everything and have been consumed by the sword and by famine. Now, friends, remember, Ishtar was supposed to be the goddess of fertility and of life. And so they figured the reason why they were dying and because their food supply had dried up is because they stopped sacrificing to Ishtar. They figured Ishtar's mad at us, and that's why we are dying all over the place. We need to sacrifice so that her fertility power comes back. Basically, they stopped trusting in the Lord for their provision and for their life and for everything, and they started trusting Ishtar to bring it back again. Jeremiah 44 19. The women also said, And when we burned incense to the Queen of Heaven and poured out drink offerings to her, did we make cakes for her to worship her? and pour out drink offerings to her without our husband's permission? The women were basically saying, hey, we got our husband's permission to do this. We're not doing anything wrong here. They said we could do it. My husband said, yes, go ahead and do it. I'm not doing anything wrong. Now, friends, when women sacrifice to a goddess of fertility and ask their husbands to get involved with it, what do you think they're wanting here? They're wanting children, the fertility of children. They were not looking for God's blessing with children. They wanted Ishtar, the queen of heaven, to give them children. But also they said they lacked everything. We're lacking everything. This means food and, and everything they need to live. We're dying, they said. And they figured God couldn't help them. So let's all run to Ishtar. Let's all run to the queen of heaven. She'll do it. God won't. And as God told Jeremiah, he said it. We read it. He said, this provokes me to anger. You know, friends, put yourself in God's position for a minute. Let's say you do everything for your children. You provide for them. You give them everything. And then they turn on you and they leave. Are you not a little upset about that? That's where God is with it.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.